welcome everyone to Educationally Speaking on KVMR 89.5 FM. This is a show that highlights all things educational in Nevada County. I'm your host tonight, Kimberly Ewing, a teacher of 20 years here in the county, and I'm also the Arts Education Coordinator at Nevada County Superintendent of Schools. And we are missing our co-host, Scott Lay, tonight, but he'll be back for the next show. Tonight, we thought we would follow up with a show we recently did about Nevada County Reads, which is a countywide literacy program where there's one chosen book each year that we highlight. And as a community, we center around book talks across generations. We read, uh, have read-alikes for all ages and generations, and we be, we're a part of a community of one book. So this year was Cersei by Madeline Miller, and that was the chosen novel. It was a Greek mythology genre with a female protagonist. So for the audience that um, didn't know that, that's what we're talking about tonight. We're really excited because this show tonight follows up with one of the major events of Nevada County Reads, and that was the writing contest. Um, and it's offered to all the high school students across the county. And so before we go any further, we want to share our guest tonight. So say hello to our guest on this topic, the writing contest. First, we have Josie Andrews, who works at Nevada Joint High School as a librarian, and she's on the Nevada County Reads Committee. Hi, Josie. Good evening. Hello. Thanks for being on the show, Josie. Happy and to be um, next, we have one of the writing coaches, and we'll learn more about her role. So we want to say hi to Kirsten Casey. Hi, Kirsten. Hi. Hi, everybody. Hello. Um, and so also what's exciting about this show is that we're actually with our writing contest finalists, um, some of them. And so tonight we want to say hello to, we have Theo. Hi, Theo. Hey, everybody. And we have Michelle. Hi, Michelle. Hi. Hi. And then Avery. Hi, Avery. Hi. Hello. So we're excited to hear from everybody and how the magic of this happened. So let's start actually with Josie, um, the Nevada County Reads Committee. I'm, I am privileged to be on that as well with you. Can you tell us a little bit of the backstory of the writing contest part of it? Yeah. Um, so the Nevada County Reads is, a, is kind of like a one county, one book program. And maybe about 10 or 15 years ago before my time, um, even living back in Nevada County, um, a group of Nevada County Reads uh, committee members decided to incorporate a writing portion to the program uh, to get more engagement, mostly from high school students. So over the last uh, several years, we've been introducing a writing portion and um, this year was our biggest push and we had 39 entries. 39? Yeah, 39 high school students um, entered the writing portion. That is so fantastic. It's, yeah, it's really exciting. And we did have a two year hiatus because of COVID and um, the committee couldn't really, didn't really feel like uh, we could do the kind of outreach we needed to do over when we were in lockdown. So. Right. And what a success to come out yeah. of two years of COVID and to have one of the, was this one of the largest responses and submissions? This was the largest response that we've ever gotten. That is so fantastic. Well, so there's a bonus to the, to the world pandemic, right? People are yeah. coming out and expressing themselves. So tell us a little bit about, I know the story, Cersei by Madeline Miller. 
how did you come up with the writing prompts to then, you know, elicit the interest of the student writers? We worked with uh, the Nevada County Reads uh, Committee and we worked together to kind of think about prompts that would give the students uh, the creativity to express themselves, but also tied in with the novel. Um, yeah, so we, we all came up with a couple different prompts, probably like five prompts each. And then uh, we met as a group and narrowed them down to those top four that you guys all read. Okay, so top, there were four prompts that the students can, could have choose, chose from. Yeah. Okay. And we'll talk about that when we get to the student writers, which one they chose and then their process. And hopefully they'll be able to read a little excerpt from their, from their writing. Okay, yeah. so great, Josie. Thank you for the history of that. That's really helpful. And then let's enter in Kirsten Casey, who is a local poet and writer. How, what is your role in this contest? This is a fun year for me because I've been a judge in previous years and I've actually helped come up with the prompts in previous years. And this time I got to go into the various high schools and work with the kids starting or figuring out a way into their actual submission. Um, it was great because we got to be in person, number mm, one. So nice. Um, and you could tell the kids were all very engaged and listened well to our advice and went with Kim Culbertson. Um, and we had time for questions and they just worked after we spoke with them for a little bit. And what were some key elements or nuggets that you gave them to help them catapult forward with their writing? One of the main things was just to try, and if it wasn't going anywhere, to try another way in. And one of the things we emphasized was the start of a story and how important the first line is. So one of the exercises we had them do was try and write the first line five different ways mm. and see which one they felt clicked with their idea. Um, some of them had already written their pieces and so went back and edited and worked on their first line. So it's a really accessible way to start something and it usually sparks something else in the writing. I love that you may help them reach even further than maybe just one or two ways, but five. That's mm -hmm. incredible. Okay, great. Um, and so this was the first year that these students had a coach per se, or were, was this just your first year doing this part of it? Yeah, I don't know. You know, we've been limited with time. It seems like every year and it was so planned out this time and we were all touch touching base way ahead of time. So we had this scheduled. So I think it's something we will continue to do. I haven't coached before. I think we had maybe one very loose meeting about it years before, but this was more structured and I think it's a really helpful thing. I think it actually helped with the submission numbers too. Don't you think? Yeah. We told the kids anytime there's money involved, submit. <laughs> That's sometimes right. there's only two or three submissions. Sometimes no one else submits. It's always worth trying. Right. Great. So hopefully that'll be the uh, tradition for next year and beyond. Kirsten, that sure. sounds great. And Josie, awesome. So now um, one of the favorite parts of the show is hearing student voice. So um, what I'd like to do is do a little roundabout. Um, starting with whoever wants to go first. But what I'd love to hear is each of you tell me, tell me your name, what grade you're in, what school you go to, and what prompt you chose. And the prompts are in the chat if you want to 
remind yourself of the prompt. And then that'll give us an idea of the variety of the writers. And then we'll go back into hearing and highlighting each of your writings. Does that sound good? Okay. Who would like to go first about telling us a little bit about yourself? Go ahead, Avery. So my name is Avery. I am a junior at Nevada Union. And the prompt I chose was the imagine you are a, a Greek mythological person or a mortal meeting a Greek mythological person and write a story from their perspective. Okay, great. All right. I'm anxious and uh, here to hear and interested to hear that one. Who's next? Who would like to share about themselves? Go ahead, Theo. Um, so... Uh, my name is Theo uh, VVG. I'm a junior. I go to Nevada Union. Uh, and the prompt I chose was write a fable about trying to change an unavoidable fate. Yeah. Okay. That's a big one too. Okay. I'm anxious and, or not anxious, interested to hear how that started. And I know yours was extensive. I was part of that writing group and I was like, this is incredible. And I'm so excited to hear more about each of the stories. Great. Okay. And Michelle, what about you? Hi, my name's Michelle. I'm a sophomore at Nevada Union, and the prompt I chose was also write a fable about trying to change an, unavoid an unavoidable fate. Yeah, good. Okay. So interested. So when, how, let's, I'm just going to start with uh, Michelle, so we just talked with you. What made you choose that prompt? Because that's a pretty meaty prompt. Um, in all fairness, when I read the other prompts, they just, they didn't interest me. Mm. The fable one grabbed my attention because I'm like, oh, I can write a short story or something like that. Right. So you liked the idea of the fable genre of writing and you liked the idea of an unavoidable fate. Mm -hmm. Okay. Lovely. How about for you, Theo? Why did that one grab you out of the prompts? Um, I, I just felt like the uh, prompts, the other prompts were just um, a bit constricting overall. Uh, as you said, uh, the uh, unavoidable fate made it very um, meaty, which means there's a lot that you could do with it. It's just very ambiguous. Um, so I chose that one uh, because it allowed me more freedom to come up with ideas. Great. Awesome. And what about for you, Avery? Creative writing is my favorite thing in the world. So picking that and kind of just having my own way with it, even if it was based on a Greek mythological person or a couple, as in my case, it was, it was, I had so much fun with it. And I just, I knew I would. And hence the reason why I picked that one. And it, it was just, it was so much fun. Yeah. And I mean, Greek, Greek mythology is, is a challenge. I mean, you have to have all the elements, right? So that's, they all had their own challenges. I'm so impressed. Maybe Josie, would you mind telling our audience the four prompts that they could choose from? Oh, yeah. Um, so the first prompt was, how have your relationships with your family of origin formed your sense of identity? Um, and that we chose that one because the story of Circe is really a family story, especially at the beginning. We're learning about her background and um, her parents, her brothers and sisters. Um, the next one is imagine yourself as a Greek mythological figure or as a mortal that has come into contact with a Greek mythological figure um, and write a story from their perspective. So we chose that one um, partially because of what of Circe's magic. She's able to change humans into uh, 
Greek mythology figures that are rep the best representations, monster representations of themselves. Um, and then, you know, it's a, it's a story based in Greek mythology. Uh, the third one is based on your strengths and passions in life. What time, uh, what type of Greek god or creature do you think you would be? Um, so that one, you know, again, with the Greek mythology, really trying to tie that back into the book. And then the final one was write a fable about trying to change an unavoidable fate, which um, was a student favorite. Clearly. Yeah. Good. Okay. Thanks for the review on that, Josie. So now this is the time we want to highlight the student writing, the student writers and the finalists that are here tonight. So without further ado, would, who would like to start and maybe just tell us a little bit about your writing and then go into just reading your excerpt. If, if anybody would like to start, that would be fantastic. Avery, you want to go, go ahead. Yeah. So my story was Kind of, I put my own spin on the story of Orpheus and Eurydice. Mm -hmm. And basically, that story is Eurydice dies and Orpheus travels to the underworld to convince Hades to let him bring her back. And in the end, he does, except he's given the condition that he has to walk with her out of the underworld without turning back and looking at her. Because if he looks at her, she'll be taken back. So mine was kind of from the perspective of a girl who died and she watches... Eurydice and Orpheus and how they get back up to the world of the living and eventually how he looks back and Eurydice is taken away from him again. So I'll just go ahead and read one of the last paragraphs. The sun outside begins to set and is the first night I have seen in a very long time. The man who cheated death was cheated himself by his own curiosity. Perhaps that is why the gods love about mortals. They are predictable. We have been since the beginning of time. Some things will beat us, human things that will tear us down. The gods must find comfort in it. There is a wall between them and us. We built it. We will never be able to climb over it. We are only human. But somehow that is also the beauty of being human. We feel everything. The things that break us are the things that we feel. Man would not be man if we did not feel. We feel love, joy, sadness, pride, anger. We are nothing in the eyes of the gods, but we love them anyway. We worship them. Orpheus loved his wife. It is what brought him to Hades. It is what led me to him. And eventually it is what lost him his pride. Her laugh. It's funny that something so simple, so small as a laugh, can make you lose it all. A sound emitted from human happiness. Who would we be without the things we feel? I feel silly that it took me so long to realize it. We feel and feel and feel and it never stops. Not really. I think that that is the most beautiful thing about humans. Orpheus still knees on, kneels on the dark earth. His cries have stopped, and I have not moved. Go, Delia, he finally says after the sun has once again risen. His voice is rough, raw. Go find your peace. I stand hesitantly. His eyes meet mine. They are stained red from grief. He nods, and I take my first step. Thank you. Fantastic. I love it. Go find peace. That's a good message. <laughs> Thanks, Avery, for sharing. Um, Theo or Michelle, do you guys want to go next? Tell us a little bit about your story title and then just whatever part you want to share. Um, so my story is, uh, I decided to do a little, uh, twist, uh, because a lot of these, uh, mythology stories are based in ancient times. Uh, so I decided to, uh, put mine more of a sci-fi, uh, fantasy world. Um, 
Uh, it is titled The Outlaw Star, and I'm going to do the uh, first few paragraphs. The bright bolts of yellow and orange plasma beams ricocheted off the walls, blinding several soldiers and striking down others. The commander was trying to organize his troops and repel the borders, but it was futile. Between the shuddering of the ship and the deadly accuracy of the enemies, the soldiers were too preoccupied to notice commands. Then, through the hazy smoke, the enemy appeared. The pirates were dressed in only cloth, with a few pieces of metal armor here or there. They looked sloppy compared to the Starforce soldiers, their pristine white suits with yellow stripes almost glowing. The intimidating yellow, white, and blue helmets of the Starforce glinted in the artificial light. Jack, come on, man. The ship's captain says we have to fall back. A Starforce soldier was trying to drag his buddy away from the enemy. I'm not going to make it, wretch. Jack gasped, holding the side of his breastplate. They have military-grade blasters. You can make it. Just get up and drag yourself along. I'll cover you, Ratch said, firing a few shots from his uh, blaster rifle. Tell my son I love him, Jack groaned before getting up. He grabbed the heavy repeating blaster next to him and pulled it off its tripod. No, I won't leave you. Ratch's face was not visible, but he could still hear the tears in his voice. Ratch, okay, you will fall back. That is an order from your commanding officer, Jack bellowed. He detached his jetpack from his back, pushed it into Rack's arms. He pushed the button, firing it, launching Ratch out into the connecting hallway. Jack shot the controls to the door, and it shut with a heavy whir and a bang. He turned to face his enemies, leveling off the autocannon at his hip. You guys picked the wrong ship, he roared, firing his heavy blaster. He mowed down the pirates, but where one fell, two took their place. Eventually, Jack became overwhelmed. A shot glanced off his armored left forearm, slamming into the wall, breaking his wrist. He cried out in pain, and the gun slipped from his hands. He was quick, quickly surrounded. Don't move, one of the pirates warned. I still have one trick up my sleeve, Jack panted slowly. He opened his hand to reveal an inferno grenade. It beeped once, and all of the pirates let out a cry of despair. The resulting explosion severed the airlock, blasting the marauder ship away in a spiral from the flight frigate and flinging many of the pirates that were trying to board into the void, incinerating everyone in the hallway behind the blast doors. Wow, I love it. The dialogue, you're really good at um, impersonating your characters, Theo. Was that fun to read aloud? Uh, yeah. Yeah, great, uh, wonderful. It's, I mean, being a writer and then also orating it is totally different, but you did a great job. Both of you have. That's so great to, to hear it come alive. How about for Michelle? Tell us a little bit about your writing and, um, and what you want to read at from it. All right. So I chose, I chose the prompt, write a fable. And my characters are birds. And when I originally started writing the story, I wanted it to be kind of eerie and more of kind of like, a thriller where you don't really know what's going on but I found that the ending was just going to be really depressing and this year I just I didn't want to do that so I changed the ending and I made it I made it more like it is the it is the inevitable fate of growing up of things changing mm. so we have this group of birds that they've been together not for a long time but for a while mm -hmm. and then the two oldest ones have to leave and honestly it came from a very deep place but here we go mm. deep down i know she's right about change and that when moments become memories they can be they can be remembered nostalgically i hope our bond remains even after she leaves but i won't be alone bliss and i will make lots of memories together too and maybe just maybe 
forth and eve will come back to visit where we'll see them again that's the thing about a collective even though you part ways you share a connection that lasts for years sometimes even a lifetime as we sing together for one last time and the beautiful chord our voices create resonates through the trees i feel at peace all the same and i finally realize that even though change is inevitable it doesn't have to be bad or scary and when it is there's always something good that comes from it it is here that i finally decide to let the loop go to resist worrying about the future and savor this moment until it like all the others before becomes a memory that i can treasure wow nice and as the writer you get to choose right you were like this ending seems a little dark but so you morphed it into something more hopeful yeah, and I probably should have mentioned before that the characters are living in a time loop, which is what makes it a fable, that the main character set for the rest of them because she doesn't want things to change, but inevitably the loop breaks and she has to deal with the changes that come with that. Wow, yeah, and like you said, it's it's a quite deep story for you, personal, yeah? Yeah. Wow, well, wonderful, you guys. That was fantastic. I mean, wow. How does it feel, Michelle, to, to hear it out loud like the others? Is it, does it feel different to you? Mm, not really. No, okay. Um, the reason why I ask is because when you're writing it, it's all, you know, it's in your head and the process is your own. But when you bring it alive for audiences, um, the joy becomes in the room, right? And uh, boy, it's, it's, all of them are quite enjoyable. Um, anybody have any comments or anything I wanted to share too about, you know, let's, let's open it up to comments about that. Josie or Kirsten, any feelings or how, yeah, how do you feel? I, I, you know, I, obviously I read all of them and, um, it's, it's just really a different experience hearing them from the writer's voice. Like mm -hmm. it's really incredible and very moving. So I'm glad that I got to actually hear you you three read um, excerpts of yours because that was, it was very touching and different. You know, when I'm reading it, I have like my own voice or how I perceive the characters, but hearing it from, from you three was, that's really amazing. So thank you. Yeah. So special. Kirsten, how did it feel to you to have them read out loud? <laughs> it was really fun. Like I talked about how we blacked connection and it's, mm. it's very different. I mean, this was wonderful. I would love to see them stand on a stage and read it with the energy in the room. Um, we've been without that for a couple of years. And I think it's a really vital thing for us to share as writers, because all of you are writers, um, to share your craft with other people. People really do like listening to stories and that has never changed. So hopefully this is a great first step for all of you to write a lot more and enter more contests and uh, really continue to explore this craft. Yeah, thanks, Kirsten. And that actually leads me to one of the last questions about, is this your first time to taking a step out? I'm going to start with Avery. Um, is this your first time starting with writing? And if it's not, what? how is this skill of writing? Obviously, you have a, a, a great craft at it. What, what do you think this will do for your future? Or what do you hope it will do? Avery. Writing has always really been something in the back of my mind that was kind of like a future career for me, just because I grew up in a household where English was very heavily influenced on me. And I, I've written things my whole life, little short stories that I've done, but I've never really 
I've always said I was going to do an essay contest or a writing contest, and I never did. And then I did this one, and I, I ended up getting first place. And it was it was just a huge confidence boost as a writer, and especially at, like, 16 years old to know that my writing is good. And I got to meet one of my favorite authors, and she read it. That was insane to me. And it was it was the first thing I said to my mom after I found out I won was that was a huge confidence boost. And it was, it's the most truthful thing I've ever said because it was just, it was, I can't really put into words. It was just an incredible experience. Absolutely. It gives you inspiration to keep going. Mm -hmm, definitely. Challenge yourself. Like Kirsten said, great. What about for you, Theo? Um, are you, have you been a writer all your school life or is this something stepped out and took a chance? Tell me a little um, bit about your story. Well, like in elementary school, um, as uh, there have been, uh, it's, we did like writing assignments, but they're usually essays and not so much creative. Mm -hmm. um, but when uh, in elementary school, I usually draw like uh, stick figure comics. Um, and those were really fun for me. Um, my drawing skills have gotten a lot better since then. So I'm not drawing stick figures anymore. But uh, <laughs> from these comics to actual writing and um I haven't had anything really published, but uh, I have a bigger project that I'm working on. And uh, I hope that um, when it, it does get published, um, it uh, everybody likes it as much as I am proud of it. Right. And, you know, you're, you're, you're high school. I wouldn't imagine things are getting published, but if you can get yourself out there, that's a wonderful first step, right, Theo? Now you said comics like graphic novels, a lot of dialogue or how, how is it that you got into that? And now you're beyond stick figures. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just, I just started like drawing um, like these like little comics just for fun. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it was just something mostly to entertain me and my friends. Uh, it, it actually brought some of my first characters that uh, I've started writing about into my mind. But like, you know, as always, I got past that younger stage and I'm now onto the bigger version of it. And I hope that uh, that if, if, the, if my uh, bigger works um, are um, liked enough, I hope that I could possibly make them into movies because I'm very, um, I very much would like to have everybody be able to see what I imagined right. my look like. And, and Josie was telling us that with your writing submission you actually provided illustrations which yes is amazing lovely okay so you're yeah lovely I love that okay um what about for you Michelle stepping out into writing and how do you see it might help you in the future all right I have never entered a writing contest but there's always a first right there is always a first I have written an entire trilogy <gasps> you mean just from this initial step forward no, that was before this. Okay. So you wrote a trilogy and then you decided I'm going to, I'm going to take my talent and put it into this writing contest. Yes. The short wow. story is very different from the trilogy. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. That sounds fantastic. Any, any drop of hints of what the trilogy is about, or we'll have to find you when you are. It's kind of hard to explain. Okay. Because I'm finding that my writing style is not like anything else because I take I take like the dystopian genre or like stories that would happen with people and mm. I use animals as my characters 
So it is a it is a story about um, this society of canines. So painted dogs, wolves, hyenas, coyotes, foxes, all of those that every year they have something similar to the Hunger Games that is called the Terminal Tournament, where they compete either willingly or unwillingly for leader. My main character, unfortunately, gets washed into the gorge where the tournament is held and the story takes off from there. Wow. And it takes a trilogy probably to tell that story. I love it. Well, you guys, thank you so much. We are at the end of our show. I just think, Josie and Kirsten, that we're going to be keeping these names in our heads to see what's next for them. And no matter what career you get into, being able to communicate in writing is fantastic. And you're going to be better understood in in anything that you do and keep up the passion of writing. Um, Thank you, everybody, for being here tonight. This is Educationally Speaking on KVMR. 89.5 FM. Good night and thank you for joining us. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thanks, guys, for reading.